Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 73 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is well. This week I am joined by Felipe F. Thomas as he speaks to me about his new game, Into a Dream. Now, just to let everyone know that we do talk a little bit about mental illness and depression, because those are the topics of his game. So I just want to let everyone know uh, before the interview starts. But it was uh, was a great chatting with Felipe. I had a great time speaking to him. And I have since played the game. I didn't play the game when I spoke to Philippe, but I since played it, and I will be reviewing it next week on next week's review episode. And um, I think it will probably be one of the most important games that will be released this year. And so, in the meantime, here is my interview with Philippe. So, please enjoy. I am delighted to be joined by Philippe F. Thomas. I uh, hope I got your name right. How are you, Philippe? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so very much for, for having me. It's a, it's a great pleasure and I'm very excited to, well, to be making this interview. <laughs> no, that, that's great. No, I'm, I'm excited to speak to you because as, as I told you as well, the game that you're about to release is, I think, could be one of the most important games uh, recently, at least that deals with some important topics and it looked pretty good as well. So, um, Thank you. So look, looking forward to it. Um, so, first of all, before we start talking about your game, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and tell us what your favorite adventure games are. Of course. So, uh, my name is Philippe Tomás, as you've told already, uh, and I'm, I'm Portuguese. I don't have any kind of game development background. I am actually a physics engineer, um, and I worked in the biotechnological uh, industry for a while until I decided to quit my job. Um, and so I was searching for a, a different career path. And in the meantime, I, for some reason, started downloading Unity. And I always had this big passion for storytelling. So I just thought that this would be the, a, a very good opportunity to try and take a risk and do something that I always wanted to do, which it was, which was a, a video game. Uh, because, you know, I, don't, I still don't have that many responsibilities family-wise. I had some money saved, so this was the, the perfect opportunity. So it was a little bit crazy that out of nowhere I decided to do a, a game on, on my own. And I can, of course, tell a little bit more about it afterwards, about the topic and etc. Regarding uh, adventure games, I've been playing them since I was, I don't know, four or five years old. <laughs> I, I think that probably my, my favorite series is uh, Monkey Island which is, of course, the, <laughs> the biggest classic out there. I've played lots of them, Broken Sword and uh, some Sierra point-and-clicks. But I've also been enjoying lately some of the more recent and modern ones, such as uh, To the Moon, Firewatch, or Night in the Woods, that take a slightly different approach, but are adventures nonetheless. Yeah, also some great choices. And of course, Monkey Island and, and Broken Sword, but I, I love your uh, recent mentions as well that uh, we don't talk often enough because to the moon i i absolutely love the game as well and uh and then firewatch and i haven't played night in the woods yet i really need to play that 
It's it, it it's very different. I, I I clearly prefer to the moon, and to the moon is probably the one that is closest to mine in the not in the graphics and not in all those stuff, but but in the point and in the the, the gameplay, which is mostly about story and dialogue. Uh, but yeah, well, Night in the Woods is it's, uh, I I think it may be difficult for some people, maybe. Um, it also addresses mental health, but of course, if you like uh, adventure games, I think you should at least uh, give it a try to see if it if it's your taste, because it's it in the end it's a it's an interesting game. Yeah, I believe I, I got that in the the bundle for for racism for you know, yeah. Black Lives Matter that was there, so I must check it out. Yeah, um, at least I, check it out. Yeah, but I've heard a lot about it. I mean, I still don't know much about it, but I've heard people uh, speak very highly about it, so I must check it out. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so it's a great choice. I mean, to, to the Moon, it, uh, that is one of the game, one of the few games, I would say, that made me cry. And I replayed it a few years ago, and I cried again. So I, uh, uh, and then you're saying your game is like that, so I'm pretty sure I'll be crying then in your game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to the Moon, I think it was really made uh, for the, this particular scene for people to cry. Mine was not... Is not designed the same way, but yeah, it's it's the same kind of um, storytelling. You know, there aren't that much puzzles, although there are some in mind. But and the idea is just uh, an honest and humane story that is being developed, that is being uh, told through character development. And anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to. You know, we will get we will get into to your game and, but um, yeah. now. Be, before that, you mentioned that you were working as an engineer beforehand, and then you quit to become, uh, you know, a, a, a game developer. And mm-hmm. what was there? Did, did you have any skills already that you used in your previous job that you used then as a developer? Was there anything that helped you um, work on the game? Uh, yes, but mainly all the the skills. I mean, I, I've I've always loved storytelling, and I've used a lot of my free time uh, to do mainly two things. I wrote a lot. I have been writing a lot since a very young age. So short stories, poems, uh, theater plays, uh, and also I fortunately I, I I'm I learned music since age five, so I I can play piano quite well and I understand music and music composition I mean somewhat well and I also wrote a lot of music I even uh, composed and wrote an original music that I a musical sorry mu- a musical theater that I uh, got to direct in a musical in in in, in Lisbon so of course uh, both my writing experience although in a hobby and non-professional way and also this music experience helped me a lot uh, with into a dream as an engineer, of course, I was required to program. I learned programming while I was in, in university, and then I used it a little bit on my day-to-day job. And although it was not exactly the same purpose or even the same language, uh, of course, there's a lot that you can draw from that to to what I, I had to do in, in, in Unity to, to develop the game. So there was not that much of a big leap for me programming-wise. The only thing that I was completely new at was uh, at drawing and animating. That were the two things that I had no prior experience whatsoever. Right. And so you learned then to to draw then uh, the artistry skills for the game then? Yes. You did that yourself? You learned yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had to. 
Yeah, it, it, it's quite of a, I, I tried to, when I started developing the game, my, 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 my main concern was not to overscope it, of course. So I tried to choose things that were technically simple um, and tried to try to use other ways to, to enhance it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not being too specific, but for example, the, the art style uh, is extremely simple, technically speaking. Uh, there are no details and... I mean, it, it's really just shapes, uh, and so I had to do this a lot of these choices based on my inexperience in all of these things. So I'm I'm not a good drawer, not even now. <laughs> I just <laughs> right. Well, you, I, I mean, I've spoken to a number of developers, and a lot of them are in similar position as you that they had no previous experience, even programming experience. They had to learn that as well, but they're still able to make really good games. So, and I think with with your game, which we will get on to now, um, I think sorry. That, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, it's you know uh, it's uh, you know we, we will get on to uh, to now. It's not it's, you know we're getting to know you first, so don't worry. <laughs> um, that's um oh, what, what was I saying? Oh yeah, no, that with with your game, that because of the story, maybe that um, there might be a reason why things might look I don't know simple if the, is it the word, but um but but yeah so i was wondering then um if you could tell us about the story of the game that you have into the dream yeah so into a dream um is uh, the premise is you as the player you wake up in a mysterious place and then you you find out that your mind has been connected to the dreams of a man that is suffering from a severe depression and uh you were sent there because, at least from what you're told, you are a renowned psychologist and there's this new technology to help treat uh, severe cases of mental illness from within. And you have to try and uh, talk to this man in his dreams to unveil his story. Why did he end up in his dark state of mind? Uh, and then ultimately try and prevent him from fading away. Try to, you know, help him make the first step out of his out of his darkness uh so this is the the main premise of 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 into a dream well i mean as as first games go and as premises go like this is a a very challenging topic to <laughs> to start with so I, I salute you for it it's um it's it's something that i think a lot of people wouldn't try to do you know they might try to make a simple um you know a game that's inspired by monkey island or something <laughs> not anything wrong with those games but this is a really you know it's like really head on uh topic to go into for your first game but you know there is a salute you for this decision so thank you um what so then what why did you decide to to make this topic or to make this story then um you know into the dream about uh about depression about the guy trying to help this guy who has depression um, if you're able to answer that, if there... no, I, 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 I am. It's, it's not. I mean, I, I, I fortunately do not, uh, did not have any kind of major issue myself with, with this kind of depression. So, I mean, I, I, I always uh, liked. Uh, I, I came to like more games that um, the experience of it or the impact that it has on the player does not end when the player hits. Uh, the quit button. I always wanted to make something linger with the player afterwards. Uh, and so I always liked to to deal with, I, I think I will always deal in my stories with uh, important topics, 
whether there there is where, whether we're talking about mental health or anything else. But the truth is that I, although I did not live through something that this character has, I've met many people, some of them who are close in my life, that have suffered about uh, from from depression or other kinds of of illnesses. Um, and some of which I, I talked about it openly many, many times. And it's something that, of course, makes me uh, sad. Sad is not the, the, the proper word, but when these people not only struggle in their lives because they are already suffering from depression, but also because of how other people see them because of this mental illness that they have. So I tried to, to, to write a game that does not address uh, I mean, Into a Dream does not address depression in the sense that I, I don't try to show what it is to live in a depression or even how do you handle uh, depression. Uh, I'm more trying to uh, write this story as an impartial observer. Um, I mean, how do this character uh, with the events that happened in her world and around him, how did he process it? How did he acted about, upon it, how did he uh, felt about it, and eventually led him to, uh, to depression. It, it's a game more for us, observers, than for people that are depressed or suffering from mental illness to, to review themselves in the character. Right, so it can nearly help us, you know, for people who don't have depression, maybe try and understand, you know, look at how people... Uh, live through it and get through it. Then, is, is that would I be, would I be correct in saying that? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I think so because um, I mean there are always two ways in which you can help. Of course, one of them is if people uh, you know see something and uh, people that are depressed or with some kind of mental uh, disease or mental problem, they see uh, a character that is going through the same thing as hers. They can of course. Uh, feel that they are not alone and that improving their, their lives. And uh, I mean, that helps. But also we need to bring awareness to others. And bringing awareness to others is, is also trying to understand others. Because uh, what I feel is that, um, I mean, different people have different kinds of, proce uh, different ways of processing information and different strengths, different fears. And, and it's, it's, it's somewhat easy, unfortunately, for, for someone to look at another person in some situation and thinking that they are being weak uh, by not sucking up to that situation. Because most likely that own person in that same situation would not go through the same because we are all different. And that's what I am, that's what I want to eventually be able to do with this, with these games is try to show um, how different people process different, uh, the, the same um, events in different ways and and to show them that yeah it's not it's not being weak it's just the person being who she is and there's nothing wrong about it it's logical or it or it makes sense or i don't know i'm not making myself explain no, that I, well, I, but uh, I, I i think i get to entirely i would say as well that people who do have uh go through this uh that they're nearly very strong because i've like yourself i'm very fortunate that i've never had depression myself mm -hmm. Um, but it's, you know, I do know people who, who have depression and who have who've had it and I've read a little bit about it. And from what they've described it to me, 
and then for them to be able to continue to get on with their lives and it's uh you know i sometimes you know i i admire them for you know just how they're able to go about it how they're able it's, to go about yeah it's unbelievable because they have mm. themselves and the whole world against them in a way mm-hmm uh, yeah, exactly. And as I said, I'm very fortunate that I never felt that way. That, uh, um, but I just can't imagine just uh, what it must be like. So I think this this game could really help uh, people like me as well. You know, understand a little bit more about it. Um, so, and another thing, Dan, about your, you know, especially now because we were, we were mentioning as well before recording that it's still in this day and age a bit of a taboo topic. Mm-hmm. That, but it's still very important because, in particular now during the COVID nineteen um, that the whole world is going through, that was a lot about the physical effects it has on people, especially people who are who are sick. And now, thankfully, I haven't at least at time recording haven't got sick, and I hope I don't, and I don't know anybody mm-hmm. who has. But I think it it has had a mental psychological effect on everyone around the world. Yeah. Um, that especially the first couple of weeks that it was in our countries, but even now I think it's affecting us in different ways. And uh, so I think something like this, a game like this, can probably help us, you know, deal with these things. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, that wouldn't even be the question. But <laughs> no, but 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 yeah, but 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 it's true. Um, I mean, we it's it, it's it's still a major issue, mental health, and COVID, of course, just kind. Of Kind of brought a lot of these uh, lingering uh, issues to, to to the surface for many people, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah not. So I think something like this um, could help. Now, I wanted to ask you as well because you you mentioned as well that you you didn't you don't um, have uh, depression yourself, or was it uh, was it a challenge to to make a game about this topic? Um, like to get into the head of the character as well, since we didn't go through it. Um, was the, was were there any challenges to that? Of course there are. Uh, uh, of, first of all, uh, I, I was never actually diagnosed with depression. Uh, I had some time, uh, a period of time in which I I was very very uh, low mentally. Uh, actually, I. I I was advised by many people around me to to go and you know see a, a psychologist and probably be be medicated, but fortunately I, I managed to turn it around. But answering to your question directly, of course it, it's somewhat challenging. But but once again, my aim is mainly to tell this story as an impartial observer, more than to try and depict what it is to live with depression. Of course, being the setting, the dreams of a man. Uh, depressed. Um, of course, I have to uh, depict it in 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 some way, and um, it, it was a challenge. I, I talked with many people, from people who suffered from depression to even to some psychologists. Uh, but in the end, the aim of the game is more uh, as an impartial observer than as the person with depression, because actually, you you don't play as the person who is depressed. You play as someone who is uh, going through uh, the dreams, but from outside, so to speak. Um, and uh, so that takes off a little bit of the of the hardness, so to speak, because that's right. not what I'm trying to do exactly. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, that, and I think it's a, it's a, 
great you know it's a great way to do it uh, because the, the player then is an observer as well and is trying to help um the, the person with uh who's suffering from depression in in this case now also see that you mentioned that uh, now it is as you mentioned it's built on observations and that it's based on real experiences as well i see in your indiegogo page um are you able to tell us any more about this, about um, you know how this game was based on your observations? That I don't know if I'm asking the same question, but uh, of course it's 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 hard to give specifics without spoiling course, the story. Yeah. So sure, no, but, but but it's just that I've I've always been uh, unconsciously when I was younger, but uh, a little bit more consciently when I grew up, I always wanted to. I I, I was I always observe people and try to understand why do they act or why do they feel the way that they are feeling. Of course, this may sound a little bit uh, rationalization of the subject, but I mean, it's something that <laughs> I was I was born with. Um, none of these characters is 100% real, so I did not um, use a completely truthful story and just put it into, into the game. But I would say that the majority of the traits and what happened uh, to, to some of these characters are things that I or lived personally or was close to someone who, who lived through them. And I think that it's unfortunately safe for me to say that some of the events that happen in, in this game is something that we or we go through personally once again or we meet someone who, who had. So I think that it's it's a story that people will be able to to relate quite well to their lives or to their friends or family's lives. Yeah, de- definitely. And um, um, no, that's very true, I think. And uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about the game, which I'm very curious about, is the, the colors in the game. Now, I haven't had a chance to play this game yet, but I did back it on Indiegogo, and I'm looking forward to playing it. <laughs> Um, is the psychology of color, which you mention in your Indiegogo page. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that. So how does the color represent the psychology of the characters in your game? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the most simple and probably obvious one is that um, the foreground where the action is is occurring uh, and where the characters are is completely devoid of any color. Uh, and this is to represent the fact that, well, the main character is living in in, in darkness, is living, is, is depressed, right? Uh, and then, as you go towards the background, you can see that this darkness is brightening, brightening up, so to speak, to give that sense of of hope that it has not yet consumed this man in its entirety. So our our main goal is, so to speak, to bring that brightness to the foreground. Um, then what, 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 what I used is um, the, uh, the color is, since the art style is so simple, since there are basically no details in almost any of the objects, the first thing that catches the player's eye is it's the color, mainly if I make, as I did, uh, the scene as somewhat monochromatic. And so I wanted this color to to immediately the, 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 the player when seeing that color can kind of understand what is the mood of the character in that particular uh, scene. 
I know I didn't explain exactly your your question, but um, I mean, uh, uh, one other thing that I that I that I can say, which is related, but a little bit off topic from what you asked, but related. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> is that um, no? It, it's, it's something that I, I I don't think I wrote in the Indiegogo, and I I do say it in some interviews, but not all of them. Is that I kind of created this this three circles of dreams uh, inside. Well, I mean, there are three circles of, of dreams in this, in my creation in, in into a dream, and the, the outer uh, circle of dreams, it's a little bit, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit like the mask that uh, we also we always tend to wear in public, when even if we are depressed or with any kind of of mental health issue. Um, because as you know, uh, you can't easily tell who is depressed or who is mentally ill just by walking through them or talking a little bit with them uh, when you are um, outside. So that's why the beginning of Into a Dream, you probably saw a lot of screenshots. It, it's, it, looks, it looks very bright uh, and it looks very happy and relaxing because it's basically um, the, the, the main character uh, trying to fabricate this good... Uh, memories or good dreams inside himself in order to contain us, the person who is trying to go after his darkness. And as the game progresses, uh, your aim is to delve deeper into the, into the deeper circles of his dreams until you reach uh, the, actual, uh, the actual circle of his or the where, where all his demons are and all of his darknesses. And the the scenes also uh, turn from this very bright and cheerful color to almost complete darkness. Uh, I also use color in that in that in that regard a lot. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's a game that basically starts in brightness, go towards uh, uh, darkness, and then we need to bring the brightness back up again. No, that's that's fa- fascinating idea because I also think it can help us visually um, so we have we have an objective then and uh, so I think it can help us throughout the game with the player in this case I kind of figure out what what to do as well as you mentioned to uh, bring brightness back from the dark um, and yeah. did, did you come up with this idea early on when you were uh, developing the game or did it come up uh, later on did it come to you um, that's it. Uh, I, I think it was probably no. It, it, it was. I'm saying that. I think that it was probably from the beginning. That core. I have to say that most of the, a lot of the important uh, symbolism and stuff like that of Into a Dream, just uh, appeared throughout the the development. But I think that that main idea, the idea that I wanted to uh, start with this mask, go through it and go to darkness in order to pick his own light and try to brighten it up all again has been since since, since the beginning yes okay well, as i mentioned i think i think it's uh it helps the players as well kind of understand in a way what's um you know what's going on it gives us an objective as well um so and then speaking about the graphics uh just uh, looking at them, looking at videos. Now, I haven't played this game, but you mentioned as well in the Google page, it's inspired by Limbo, uh, the game. Uh, that's correct, yes? Uh, yes, but it's probably not inspired by Limbo in the most obvious way. 
uh, because uh, I actually start, I actually came up with um, with a silhouette approach, uh, which is classic limbo. But I came up with it uh, via a tutorial and not by limbo. I just played limbo afterwards. The truth is that after I designed the way that I did and I played limbo and I saw that limbo had exactly the same art style, I started inspiring myself on limbo in order to uh, enhance the visuals that I had previously uh, designed. So in the end, mainly the use of lighting, the way that I ended up used lighting in the game and contrasts in the game was heavily inspired by Limbo, yes. Okay, but it, it was inspired afterwards. <laughs> no, uh, the, yeah, the, the silhouette thing was okay. not from Limbo, which is the thing that you remember more about Limbo. But mm -hmm. after I had the silhouette pinned down and I noticed that Limbo had done it brilliantly, I took the lighting idea that Limbo had. And oh, right, right, yeah. My apologies. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, th thank you for, for explaining. No, it looks, gr you know, it looks great as well. It, it's, um, uh, you know, we mentioned with, with the colors then as well. And it's also in, in 2D. And we talked about the, the silhouettes as well. Now, 3D or Unity, as far as I know, I haven't used it myself, but it's uh, used mainly with uh, for 3D games, as far as I know. So... Why did you decide to go 2D when making the game using Unity? Well, from what I heard, there's a lot of uh, 2D games also using uh, Unity. Actually, most of other platforms such as Game Maker Studio or other software, they are somewhat limiting in the style of game that you can that you can accomplish. So the the two main uh, softwares, or three if you want to count with with Godot, so there's basically three mainstream uh, softwares, which is Godot, Unity, and Unreal. And the one that I thought that was most uh, useful for me or that would approach more my style was was, was Unity. I, I, I thought of using Godot at the time, which is being heavily used for 2D at the moment. But when I started, I didn't know anything and the documentation of it was not that that good, at least for someone with zero knowledge on the subject. And so I thought that it was not a probably not a good idea to start using it now it's completely different now i probably would have used or thought of using a different software oh, okay so any particular reason why you think of using a different software now after making the game uh well just uh well first of all uh godot in particular is completely open source so although unity is not that that expensive uh I mean, it's still you still have to pay something, and 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 you're now you're having this amazing or very good software, uh, completely free of charge, and the documentation is is getting on pair, the functionality is getting or on pair or uh, even better, so it would of course be a tougher decision for me at the time if it were not for the documentation being not that good, back one and a half year ago. Oh, okay. So it's improved since then. Um, yeah, yeah. Main, mainly the doc. Well, it, it's not only. I don't know if it's not only that that improved, but I also improved my knowledge. So I don't need uh, documentation from scratch to understand stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. No, just good to know in case I ever start making a game. I still haven't made a game yet, but. Uh, um, well, but <laughs> I mean, we, we, we'll see. Um, you know, although it, it is kind of terrifying me as well, the thought of it. So, um, 
and that with regards to the the game then we we spoke you know with the story and the, the topic then uh we spoke a little bit about the characters uh, what what can you tell us uh, again without any spoilers i don't want you know, to to spoil the game for people what can you tell us about some of the characters that we meet in the game uh, so um, characters and their relationships, uh, they are probably the most important factor in the game, actually, in my opinion. And I tried to uh, design them and create them as real as, and as complex as I can. Um, so what can I say about them <laughs> uh, without, giving that, uh, without giving many, many spoilers? Um, I don't know. I mean, they were somewhat based on on people that I that I've met. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, not exactly re- related to characters, but to the dialogues and to their relationship. Um, I I decided to not only create uh, lines of dialogue whose purpose is or to help with the puzzle or to move the story forward. So I have some lines of dialogue that are simply there for character development and for and to understand the relationship that the characters have with 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 one another. Um, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I don't know how, what what more I can tell about the the, the characters the, the themselves. Uh, sure, yes, I, it's best for people to find out. Yeah, and I, I, well, what I hope is that people may. Um, you know, resonate with the characters. And uh, the best for me would be if people could, oh, this could be me, or this could be something, someone that I know. Uh, I mean, these characters are not supposed to be fantasy or to be heroes or to be uh, villains. No, I don't, I didn't try to do any of that. I don't, didn't try to do any kind of, of uh, symbolism or stuff like that. These are people that I try them to be as real as possible, as if someone is, I mean, someone that I could meet uh, in the street one day and their thought process would be the same and their problems and fears would be the same. So that's my, that was my attempt in writing these, these characters. Okay. So like real people that are appearing yeah, in the real, game. Yeah. Real people. There's no heroes, no anti-heroes, no villains. They are just people with their own things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's uh, I think that's kind of re- refreshing as well that they're not like uh, two dimensional, that they have their own, uh, you know that they they could be like as you mentioned people we meet on the street or people we know. Uh, I think yeah. they're the best kind of characters usually. That's what I yeah. That's actually something that I I, I think it it fails a little bit in 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 games still. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I accomplished it. <laughs> I just say that that's my that was my aim. Let's see how it goes. But it's something that I really uh, think is lacking in 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 games. The characters don't feel real. Mostly the characters are there just to as I said, to drive the story forward or to help with the puzzle. And it's not the case here. Mm. I, I just, yeah, there are some dialogues that could not exist and you would understand everything the same way, except the characters themselves. You will understand them differently. And so I did not cut dialogue. If I say that a character will say something, even if it's not important for the story, I would put that anyway, because that's what I think that that particular person would say in that situation. Nice, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you as well. In a lot of well adventure games, um, that some characters that they're there just for a puzzle, or just to 
serve the story because they're convenient they might have a key or something that you might need to take <laughs> off them or to distract her or, or something so it sounds like the character there won't be characters like that that they they're they're all be important in some way <laughs> uh, most of them yeah uh, which which is you know great to hear and then you know for the characters then i know that there are some details on the indiegogo page with the voice actors uh, what can you tell us about the voice mm-hmm. actors? Because they they all seem to be at least professional voice actors. Well, I was also extremely lucky in that. So I I worked as a volunteer in an English speaking uh, theater company here in Lisbon, and I've made of course many friends, many people who yeah well who became my friends, and uh, and most and some of them they just volunteered to be a part of 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 Into a Dream and. It's amazing because the, main, the 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 guy that that does the main part, the part of the player, that you know speaks a lot. He was just super humble, just wanting to help. I I wanted to of course pay him after the game was released, and he was kept saying no, no. I just wanted to to help you. And it's interesting because he's, I mean he does. I I remember that uh, I went on on an airplane uh, trip. I don't remember where, but he was on the commercial for the air for for the air company. And so he's he's a known guy. He has a lot of experience, but I got them all, you know, as volunteers just because I worked with them before. So it was it was really a, a, a great luck because I could have a somewhat professional uh, recording, professional voice actors, without uh, having necessarily the yeah the the costs that it would uh, be otherwise. Of course, I I, I am raising money to pay them but the fact that they would be willing to or not be paid or to be paid when the game was to be released was of course uh, incredible for me and helped me a lot of course yeah i mean that, that that's great i think that says a lot about you as well that you obviously had an effect on these people that they're willing to help you as well on a volunteer role so clearly you helped them before and so when you were because you said that you were uh, was a director of a musical as well in in the theater where where, did they appear in this musical any of these characters Uh, no i don't think they appeared in that musical but i but i've uh i've worked with them before i mean i i I, I, yeah i i was in a play once as a as a yeah yeah i think i sang in a in a musical also there and one of them was there but anyway they are they are really close friends of mine, or at least good friends of mine. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was nice. Okay, and so one piece of advice we can give to other developers listening is get be friends with actors. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that helps a lot in this, in, if you want to have voice acting. <laughs> and what, what was it like um, directing them? Because I've heard different things. You know, when I spoke with Dave Gilbert, he said he loves directing voice actors. And then I've heard from other developers who said that directing voice actors can be very challenging for, for games and very time consuming. Um, so what was your uh, experience uh, direct, directing these actors? Okay, so it's definitely super time consuming. Um, I had no idea, mainly because I also <laughs> did that all by myself. So I was I was in a room and I had the recording equipment, I was recording and I was counteracting with them. So I was doing the other part. So it was one of the most tiring periods of development, to be honest. Uh, but that being said, for me, it was 
a lot of fun. It was really, really a lot of fun. Of course, it will depend on who the voice actor is. But in my case, they were all super professional, super kind. Um, and I had a, a huge blast doing it, not only because I, I really enjoyed them and they were super flexible and did not raise any kind of issues, but also because I, I, I liked to act alongside them and counteracting with them in the dialogues. Right. Yeah. And did you work remotely with them or did you work in a studio? You said you had your own audio equipment, so I take it you worked with them directly? Yes, I worked with them directly. It's not exactly a studio. It was my living room. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I did work with some remotely, but it was mostly for the minor characters in the end after the, the COVID situation happened. I fortunately had all of the main characters uh, all recorded prior to that. So it was all uh, on site. Uh, yeah, some minor characters I had to do remotely, but it was also quite quite easy. And also they only had, I mean, 10 lines at most, so it was nothing nothing too complicated. Right, great. And do you think it, it helped that you were able to work with them directly? Oh, it, oh <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, no, a, a, and for many reasons also, because uh, the, the fact that I was... Uh, yeah, well, uh, the fact that I was also counteracting with them, I mean, I, I could... Uh, because I, I I did not have the the, the the fortune of working with two actors at the same time. So they would always have to, uh, you know, I didn't have the other person doing or recording to, to people at the same time. So I had to try and emulate what the other person had recorded prior in order to give uh, the current uh, person who was recording the tone that with which the other person was replying and stuff like that. Uh, and so, and sometimes there's, I mean, some lines are incredibly open to interpretation. So the fact that you're there on site at the same time, uh, in real time, just telling what it should be done or how is the other person answering the question uh, makes all the difference in the world, especially when you want these characters to, to, feel, to feel real, because that's the main reason why I added uh, voice acting. Right. Yeah, no, I think it definitely... Helps. I mean, it's funny about voice acting because really good voice acting really, really helps to, uh, you know, to make the characters come alive and make the game more real. But then bad voice acting, even if the rest of the game is really good, it can really yeah. drag the game down. Yeah, it's so. true. I hope that's not. I hope that's not the case. But fortunately, <laughs> I've been having great reception to the voice actors. Yeah, from what I've seen of the trailers, I don't think that would be the case. I mean, and from what I've read as well, I've read a few comments as well. Um, I don't think that will be the case with the voice acting. But um, and to then in, in, in your game, at least. And so then now you, you mentioned that you did some acting in a play as well. And your English is quite good. I mean, it's actually probably better than mine. Um, oh, no. Not that saying oh. much, but <laughs> no, it's it's really really good. We can we can um, tell, you know, with your with everything. So, did you consider casting yourself at any point um, as one of the characters? Oh, but I did. Oh, did you? Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that answers my question. <laughs> no, uh, for the minor characters, a lot of people in my family are doing uh, voices. I mean, they are not brilliant, of course, but. I mean, for small characters, it's it's no big issue. And of course, I, I did two or three characters because uh, I mean, the game has about 40 characters, maybe. Uh, some of them are really minor, but I mean, they're voiced anyway. So <laughs> I, it would be hard for me to find 
40 people that were willing to volunteer that were friends of mine. <laughs> so fa family played a huge part in this. My mom and my sisters and... <laughs> I'm sure that, that's what they're there for, to help, to help you make the game. So. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure they must have enjoyed it as well. So. Oh, 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 oh it, it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah, no, I've never done voice acting, but, I, you know, I would be interested myself sometime. I'm not sure if I'd be any good at it, but... Well, uh, the next game that I'll make, I'll, I'll let you know. Sure thing, if, if you want a podcast to be in the game... Can <laughs> Um, and maybe maybe it could be the beginning of my uh, of my career. Well, well who, uh, knows? <laughs> who knows? Although somehow I doubt it. But um, but then now you mentioned you played music as well. Uh, did you do the music for the game as well? Yes, uh, it's it's mostly p uh, single instrument. It's mostly piano based. Uh, it's actually been I think it's been the most. Uh, the, the aspect of the game that people have been praised the most, to be honest. Um, and it's, it, 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 it's, it's really quite simple. Uh, it, it's uh, really emotional, simple, and on the piano. That's the best description that I, that I, that I can give. Um, I mean, it's, it's nothing too fancy. I mean, once again, if you played uh, To the Moon, To the Moon was, of course, the inspiration in the sense that uh, they managed to blend perfectly with an emotional story, a soundtrack that was mostly piano. And so I, I tried to to approach the soundtrack in the same way, at least for most of the most of the tracks. Oh, it's, a, it's a great game to be inspired by, at least, because the, the music as well, I believe uh, the developer Ken Gao is also a professional musician. And uh, the music mm -hmm. played an important role in that game as well. Yeah, and, um, and, and clearly it does in Into a Dream. Uh, I, I've been, I, I, I wasn't expecting people to enjoy the music so much. I mean, every every person who just opens the game, they say that they have to wait for a complete loop of the main menu music, which is wonderful to to hear every time. No, I'm, I'm sure it's it's not like oh the music is so annoying. I just wanted to get into the game, or I just want to turn the sound yeah. down. That, but that has happened sometimes in games when you listen to it again. But I know it's great that people have enjoyed the music. Um, how did you then uh, fit the music into the game? Did you compose the music first and then write the scene and create the game? Or did you do it the other way around? Or did you together? Uh, well, uh, most of them were the other way, way around. So I created the scene first, so all the art aspect. I added the sound effects first, and then I would just hit play. And while the scene was playing, I just tried to compose some various themes to see what fit the, the the scene. So in most cases, probably with the exception of the main theme, which was composed prior, I think even prior than Into a Dream, which was just, just one of the songs that I had composed throughout the years. Uh, everything else was just like that. I, I had the scene, I had the full scene without music, and while it was playing, I was just uh, messing around with, with the piano above it. Okay. Well, seems to have worked. <laughs> as, as you mentioned, <laughs> people seem to, to really enjoy it. And um, Okay, now we've spoken about the sound of the game, and then we spoke uh, what about the story, and then you mentioned that it's a story-focused game. Uh, but what can you tell us about the gameplay or the types of puzzles that we encounter? Will there be any 
uh, very difficult logic type games, you know, like slider puzzles or underground timed mazes. Or <laughs> no, so so um, <laughs> well, there there is. It's not supposed for the puzzles to be extremely lengthy or extremely challenging because once again, since this is a, a, a it's basically a story, basically a, a book or interactive movie, an experience, and so I don't want people to be either frustrated by the gameplay or taking too long in a puzzle that the narrative aspect of it or everything that happened prior kind of is forgotten by by themselves. So I don't want people to to spend a lot of time in in a certain puzzle. However, the puzzles are extremely varied in Into a Dream. I think I, and I don't, I don't know if it was the best thing that I did, but I, I kind of experimented a little in the way that yeah, you just have really different kinds of, of puzzles. There is one in, in which you need to, I mean, not to spoil too much, let's say, control music, so, so to speak. Um, I mean, you have, of course, to pick up objects and place objects in, in certain places to make things uh, move forward. You have a little bit of platforming, which is, which I think it was a mistake for my behalf, but it's still there because it's highly unusual in these kinds of games. Uh, I kind of trimmed it down a little bit, but some of it still exists. Um, yeah, and there's some other stuff in the middle. I mean, I, I think that there are two or three that it require the that it, it will require the player to think a little about it, uh, not only about the puzzle itself, but about the narrative context in which it is inserted, because it's going to help to solve the problem, the the puzzle. But none of them is supposed to be extremely difficult or or, or frustrating. My point is, my aim is the person needs to go through the story from beginning to end uh, without spending too much uh, time or processment in their mind with other stuff that are not related to the to the story. Right. No, I think, uh, you know, you're probably right in a game like this with a very emotional story like this. I think after or some challenging puzzles, they'll probably get in the way maybe of the story. And people might forget about the story. So I'm thinking like To The Moon, that I know some people said that the puzzles weren't difficult, but I think it also helped that game, that it could oh, just yeah. focus on, on the story. And there's still gameplay in it as well. Sorry? There's still gameplay like in To The Moon as well. So, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it would it definitely helps in this case, um, in, in this game. So, um, and then but it's... I yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to tell them that you have you have dialogue choices. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask about that they, next. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I was just going to say that the, those aspects of gameplay, yeah, that you have dialogue choices and that you have also uh, exploration. And it's interesting because I, I, you can complete the game without doing that much exploration. You can just go it kind of linearly. But if you do stop and explore, you'll get rewarded with information that, although it's not entirely important to, to understand the core of the story, it will help a lot in all the side stories and character development and to understand the main story much better. So I highly encourage uh, by these rewards for people to explore. So if you just do it like a normal game and just hit forward, go forward, go forward, go forward, you're going to miss uh, a lot. Although I allow that. 
Okay, no, I'll, I'll definitely be exploring because that's, I like to explore <laughs> in the games as well. And uh, and then do you know uh, more or less how long it might take the player? So what what are you aiming for in the game? Now I know that it's not all about the length of the game; it's about the quality, is what mm-hmm. I always believe. But ha- how long do you think it might take players if you, if they go through the exploration and everything? Uh, might take them to finish the game. I, w- I would say that on average, a person would uh, take four hours to complete the game. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you explore everything, it's going to be a little bit more. If you just skip through the li- dialogues, it's going to be a, a lot less. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think that four hours is on average, maybe, maybe a little bit more. I don't know, but around that. Okay, well, again, that's a, a typ- typical amount of adventure games um, these days. And as I said, it depends uh, yeah, it, on the, the quality of the story. So, of course, of, I mean, of the game. I don't, know if you played, I don't know if you played uh, Edith Finch, uh, what remains of Edith Finch and the game. I mean, it was a huge success and it, it was a two hour gameplay. Uh, right. So, <laughs> yeah, the quality and the originality matter a lot. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and again, To the Moon and Firewatch, which we mentioned, they're not the longest games, but again, they're still incredible. Yeah, they they are about three hours, three and a half Mm -hmm. hours each. So, So, yeah, that was what I was aiming for. Yeah, as well. Cool. So, no, it's, uh, um, yeah, no, sometimes it's also nice to be able to play games, especially games like these in one sitting. Um, Especially with with such an emotional story as well. It's like to, just when you're so invested in the game. That it's nice to be able to play through them in one sitting as well. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> so then, um, where where do you plan on releasing this game? So it's going to be available on PC, correct? Yes, for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Oh, cool. So it's uh, so Windows, and then it's uh, is it available on Steam? I imagine yes. Yes, the demo actually is on is on Steam already. Okay. And, and then it, is it available? Will it be available anywhere else? Or? Yes, it will be available on a, a platform, a new platform that is currently in its beta phase. So it's not available for everyone yet, which is called Vox Pop Games. Okay, I haven't heard about that. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's just a new thing. Uh, it's it's a, 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 they are supposed to to be an indie only uh, platform. Uh, and yeah, let's see how it goes. And it's going to be there and on Steam only for now, uh, in the end of July. Okay. And do you um, uh, would would you like to release it on more platforms in the future? I know people ask about GOG and sometimes itch.io. Uh, I have not thought about that to be honest. Uh, probably itch is something that I could consider. I have a page there, and the demos are also there. Um, I haven't gone through what is needed for GOG, actually, but I I, I might uh, see into that afterwards. I think I would be more interested in, in porting it to Switch, which is something that people have been asking a lot as well. Uh, but, I mean, I, I it's going to highly depend on the financial success of the PC release. Of course, yeah. No, I think Steam is probably the main one. So. Of course, it is, by far. Right, yeah, and um, and now I, I keep forgetting to to mention this, but people listening, you can wish list the the game and any other games as well. At the, uh, does does that have you heard of if that 
you know, does that help a lot if people wishlist the game? Yeah, wishlisting is probably the most important number uh, for mainly for an indie developer, by far, I think. Well, you, you heard a man, people definitely wishlist a game and, and, and buy it as well. Um, oh. but, uh, <laughs> I would say. And then leave, leave a review as well, that people can leave a review on Steam as well once they finish played it. And of course, the thumbs up is important. <laughs> yeah, that is, well, that's, that's not my aim, of course, but having a, a review, it's of course uh, super important as well. Uh, I mean, it, it's very common for people who like who like games to don't post a review, whether the opposite is generally true. People who don't like it, they just go annoyed and write a bad review, right? Uh, so yeah, for if everyone who likes or dislikes the game, it's it's always good to leave a a thumbs up or down, depending on your experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've noticed, I think that's in general, whether it's with games or with movies uh, yeah. or restaurants, that if we're happy with it, usually we don't say anything. But if, yeah. if there's one thing that we don't like, even if it's small, uh, we just go and rant about it and get thumbs down, thumbs down at it. Yeah, but, unfortunately. Yeah, well then, you know, I again encourage people, if you do like it, to go out and, and review it um, in particular. And now also, but people, this game has won awards, uh, hasn't it? It has Already. won. It, it has it has, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, what what can you tell us? Which awards has it won? Because I, I see that has won few. <laughs> no, it, it has it, it has only one one award actually, at least really winning. It was a uh, uh, best art direction award by oh. the by the first ceremony of the Indie World Order Awards last year. Uh, you probably know about the Indie World Order. They are all around Twitter with their yes, indie game. Correct. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, it was, I was not expecting because it was, I had been on Twitter for like two weeks or three weeks and it was a public award. So the public would vote. So it was, a, I really liked it. And Best Art, Art Direction is a really interesting award. Um, and then I was on the top 100 uh, games, also public selection from IndieDB. So there were, I don't know, more than a thousand or two thousand games, and uh, uh, Into a Dream got into the top 100. Oh, and I, I don't know exactly which place it, it ended in. I just know it didn't got into the top 10. <laughs> oh, but but look, that's still a you know huge achievement already, because especially nowadays with it so is. many with so many indie games, like just I would say there are probably hundreds of indie games released every day, definitely every week. Oh, so. I was yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird. When, when when my demo came out, I went to Steam to see which games were going to release next. And there were like 30 or 40 in the same day that my game was going to be released. So, <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that always happens. You know, either it'll be released at the same time as, you know, 30 or 40 other indie games or, you know, my uh, uh, AAA game. Like I don't know, Cyberpunk 2077 might release that same day, or uh, yeah. I've seen other developers as well. They might move their <laughs> their release date. So, um, but already clearly this game is having an effect on people. Our and the demo has as well. So, um, so I I think I have a feeling that this will you know have the full game will have an effect on people as well. That it seems to be like you've done uh, everything um, you know well so far. I'm looking forward to playing it myself. And, um, and and then, so what, what is your experience? What do you say is your experience now as you're coming to the end of 
uh, releasing of this game, working as a solo developer, you know, quitting your job, which um, other people have have done as well. I don't know if you heard of him. Our man from Frostwood Interactive did the same, and he made Rainswept. Of uh, course, I, I, I saw that your interview came today, right, of him? Yes, yes, the time recording, <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's and also I know him. Kickstart. Oh, you know him? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've talked with him, and I'm actually trying to cross-promote... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, but really, really, ni- really nice guy as well. I mean, everyone I've spoken to is really nice. That's the, that's a great thing about this community. That you know, spe- speaking of you know, mental health, I I know that with certain sections of the gaming community, can be a bit toxic, and you know, Twitter as well. But what I found since I started the podcast is just how incredibly supportive all the indie, at least adventure game developers, are of one another. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not only of of adventure games. Uh, I I mean I've always heard that Twitter is, is extremely toxic, but yeah, like uh, me. <laughs> yeah, but 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 the indie game uh, community has just been fantastic from from day one. So I have nothing to to to, to complain about that. Um, I I only I only started a little bit late in the process to go to Twitter, but it was the best thing that I did because I mean. It helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm probably most active as well. I have to say the people that I've come across there, they're absolutely wonderful. And I see how they help each other. And it's really, really great to see. So it has really kind of changed my mind of Twitter a little bit. So that Twitter can be used for good <laughs> as, yeah, as well so, as for evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so so then what, what was then your experience working as a solo developer overall was it um uh, overall a positive experience would you like to make your next game as a solo developer would you like to work as part of a team or what are your thoughts on this okay so if uh, you're able to uh, answer whatever you're no, able to answer <laughs> no i i'm able i'm able to answer everything actually i i mean first of all this has been probably the most uh, rewarding year professionally speaking of my life so i would say that of course i really loved uh, this whole this this whole process uh, being solo or otherwise I mean I, I really enjoyed it. Of course it it was it, it's very tough mainly to keep yourself uh, motivated. Uh, I have never worked before without having a boss or having a schedule, um, and and sometimes I I remember one one of the the worst times that I had where I really considered what the hell am I doing was when I was finishing the game and I thought that I knew what the end is going to be about. But then I just decided that the ending that I had was not good enough or it was not good at all. And so I spent three weeks where I would just, I mean, it's writer's block, right? And three weeks is not that much, but for me, that's the time that it was. I, I would just go out and give and go from, for, for some walks on the park and trying to you know, write the ending of the game. And I think that during those three weeks, I did basically nothing. So of course I thought a lot, which counts as work, uh, but it didn't seem that I was progressing anything. And that's something that is really hard because you had your own, I had my own career, so to speak, and I quit everything. And instead of going to a different company, I took a gamble and went to a completely different uh, path where I was not earning any kind and I'm not earning any kind of, of income. And then out of the sudden, I don't do anything for, for three weeks and I don't know what the ending of my game is going to be. That's, of course, 
um, extremely tough. Uh, but I mean, it's part of the process, and in the end, I ended up enjoying it uh, very much. I, I think that maybe not maybe not everyone is going is going to enjoy it because people like different things, and and clearly is not easy to maintain uh, focus on on something. Of course, if it is a, pa a passion project of yours, like mine was, it becomes much easier. But um, but it, it it it's definitely hard. Art, especially that that particular part. Uh, as for the future, um, I wouldn't mind doing as a solo developer again, but I think I would like to have a small team. Uh, but mainly because, you know, I know I know my limitations quite well, and I know what I am good at, or at least I think I know. Um, and I would like to do something a little bit more uh, ambitious. And I don't think that I would be able to do that alone but if push comes to, to shove so to speak i wouldn't mind at all to to delve into solo developing again uh, for me this marketing part has been one of the toughest to be honest i it's where i am worst at and uh, it's what frightens me the most I, i'm finally at the stage where i'm pretty happy with 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 the product that i have with the game that i have but not knowing what is the best way or how to get to people is always my my main concern and i'm not good at it at all i mean i i think a lot of people can relate that yeah. um you know whether it's uh, game developers or authors or uh, any creative people as well that trying to get the word out about uh, what you created is uh, one of the most difficult parts so um mm -hmm. it's you know because also there's so many games as we mentioned there's so many indie games that are out that it's hard to kind of uh make your game stand out so um well i think uh i mean what what you're doing as well that first of all the game seems to be good as one these awards as we mentioned has an effect on people so i think that's a good start um <laughs> uh, that and uh hopefully you know yeah. this, this can help uh, at least a little bit as well um uh, because i do think it will be an important game as well and um so then how, how did you go about uh you know was there anything that you learned when you were marketing the game anything that you thought wow this i mean i know the game isn't out yet um at the time of recording but is there anything that's that you go wow i've, I've learned this this is actually really good <laughs> the, 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 the main thing that I learned was that I should have started marketing earlier. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. I mean, if you don't have anyone that's going to do 24-7 marketing for you, you should start uh, as early as as possible. A, a, and I did one thing that was, um, another thing that was stupid, I think, for, for me, was that I was always trying to market my game in generalistic places. I mean, I just what I mean is I just started going to adventure forums or adventure related content creators or people like that quite recently. And I don't understand why I hadn't done that before. I don't know if it was because most of this adventure community in particular um, is still a lot about point and click still. And I did not think that mine was exactly like that uh, or if it just didn't cross my mind, then I thought that I would be well just bombarding in Twitter without any kind of, of uh, approach or specific approach. 
And so, but that that was clearly a mistake. I I didn't I did not go to my audience. I knew who my audience was, but I didn't do the necessary effort to to go and find that audience. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty basic advice. Everybody knows that, but I still uh, messed it up. <laughs> oh well, it's good that you're learning this now, uh, because again, I'm sure many people can relate that. Uh, oh, that yeah. Uh, you know, there's no kind of like guidebook or, or walkthrough on how, how to market uh, whatever, you know, your game. Because I have similar things. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but with the podcast, whenever I want to, shall I say, market the episodes, I do feel like I don't want to spam people. I don't want to just uh, put up too much. Or where should I put it up to where people would be interested? Um, and yeah, I think uh, mistakes are part of learning because I've made quite a few and I still make them. So... Um, yeah, it's it's normal, but but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, it's you know the word is beginning to to get out at least. And then you were also on Indiegogo, uh, which at the time of recording is still on. But um, it's so. Uh, first of all, why did you decide to? I know you, when I know you said that you wanted to help to pay the volunteers as well. Um, but what what was your experience using Indiegogo as well? Uh, was it mainly a positive experience? How do you uh, describe it now that you've uh, gone through it? Uh, well, it, it was a, a positive um, experience, but also uh, I think that uh, I, I probably suffered a little bit in the sense that uh, I the COVID situation and and some other issues in, in, in the world uh, did not make this a perfect time for for marketing, and that's and that's also some, something that one that wants to market needs to needs to learn and to read how is the world, how receptive are people, and I don't know if you know, but I, but I not related to the Indiegogo, sorry, just a little off topic, but I I had my release scheduled to be on May of the full game, and I pushed it because of the the COVID uh, situation. Oh right, yeah. Uh, well, about Indiegogo, I mean, it, it's going well. It's it's been quite fun. I learned a lot also about my own game and uh, about marketing while I was doing the campaign. With I had I had someone to help me uh, prepare the the Indiegogo. So that's the only person that I had working with me was during the month prior to the Indiegogo campaign to help me set it up. Uh, it, it's of course a little bit stressing because. You don't have that much time. I mean, I had a one-month Indiegogo, so you need to be constantly, unfortunately, because I hate it, but spamming and trying to get the 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 word across. And mainly in this time, where actually engagement on Twitter and other places have decayed quite a bit. Um, but I, I think I think it's been positive overall, and I. I, I'm going to, to to get the the money that people have backed, even if I don't uh, hit the the desired goal, which means that I am already going to be able to pay some translations and to pay to the voice actors and help a little bit with 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 marketing. So of course it was overall a a, a positive experience. It's it's a little bit stressful, but I think it's a good way also to get your your game out there. Fortunately, I did not need the money to finish developing the game, um, but it was great nonetheless. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, as, as you mentioned, at least now you can pay the people who worked, uh, you know, the volunteer, and uh, now I won't keep you too much 
longer, but I forgot to ask you about uh, the languages in the game. So what languages will the game be available in? For now, it's going to be available in English, of course. Uh, then you're going to have translation in Russian and in Portuguese Brazilian. Uh, and this was mainly because, well, I have one member of, of the family that is Portuguese born in Brazil. So she, my mother actually, and she did a translation to, to Portuguese. And then I found a, a, a great uh, guy who, with whom I tested the, the translation with a demo and the feedback was very good. And so uh, we ended up agreeing on him doing the, the Russian translation and only being paid after the game would be uh, released. And I would like to translate to more languages. Uh, I mean, Japanese, Chinese, and German. I mean, I've been having a little bit of, of interest from from Chinese people and from German people, to be honest. But I mean, I, I can't at the moment to pay for those translations. But I would like to to get into that if I would have some some financial return. Okay. Well, hopefully. Um, hopefully you can hopefully the game will sell well so that you can uh, uh, do that and um, so as we mentioned this game is available on Steam and Voxbox I will include links in the show notes as well and the very final thing I want to ask because I know I've kept you a while is that also for the Indiegogo campaign you partnered with I believe with with Checkpoint um, which is something that I just found out about. That um, well, actually, I'll, I'll let you um, you know explain. <laughs> uh, what uh, what can you tell? What is Checkpoint uh, exactly, and how do they work with you? Uh, well, Checkpoint is a, it, it's um, an organization that aims to you know help and give tips and other stuff related to mental health and specifically to to gamers. The way that we uh, partnered was um, they had they have this uh, product that you can um, get through their through their website and you can donate whatever you want uh, to get this, which is basically a, a digital or non-digital deck of of cards uh, that have uh, scientifically proven tips to help cope with with mental health, and so. In our Indiegogo campaign, there is a tier in which you can um, receive this this digital deck of cards um, as one of your as one of your perks, and 25% of the money backed through that tier is going to be donated by me to that to that organization. It's great. I mean, as I said, I just heard heard about it, but I think it is. As I mentioned before, as well, very important because this is a charity that only that deals mainly with gamers. And from what I read, yeah. it had articles about games that dealt with uh, mental health, and include Life is Strange, which is a game I've been playing, which I'm really enjoying as well. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so I, and I think it has some great tips as well because I think it's something, as you mentioned, that hasn't been spoken about very often for in the gaming community. So it's definitely very very useful. Um, yeah. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Um, so I think that's that's all that I that I have. So as I mentioned, into the into a dream is it's well it'll be out uh, at the end of July, I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and uh, I mean I know you mentioned as well this pushback because of COVID. I mean COVID is one of these things that nobody can really plan for. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that we, not at all. <laughs> it's uh, it's just really 
you know, well, I mean, hopefully it w- won't have an effect, but um, it's just bad look in general that it's like, oh, really? <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> you know, th- this is happening. But I know, I mean, ho- hopefully we can, you know, we can find something to, to you know, hopefully countries around the world can deal with it um, and we can all get back to some sort of normality very soon. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I'm definitely looking forward to your game, which will be out on Steam and Voxbox and hopefully other places later. I hope this game does, does well because I think it's it's important. It also looks like a really good game. So we're really looking forward <laughs> to it. So um, and so is there, uh, first of all, where can people find you? You mentioned uh, Twitter and is there any website or any anywhere else that people can find you? Yeah, well, the game? I think that the, the best place to get information about the game is uh, through our Discord that you can find through our Twitter. So if you find us, you can find us on the on all main uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter through the name Into a Dream Game. Uh, and there on Twitter, you have links to our uh, newsletter or to our Discord. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, we don't have a, um, a website still. I have some interesting stuff on my YouTube channel, which you can also find through through our Discord, where I place mo- mostly uh, me playing some of the tracks for Into a Dream. Uh, but yeah, that's th- that's mostly it. Twitter is where we are most active, and I'm trying to building up the the Discord a lot at the moment. Okay, well I'll be sure to join that as well. So. <laughs> um... And so is there, is there anything else then that you'd like to mention that we haven't covered or just before we finish? No, I don't think so. I think I, I spoke a lot already. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you went through, you know, you answered all the questions that I have really well, actually, you know, that I find out <laughs> more about this game and I'm, I'm sure it will have helped people listening as well. I hope um, so. <laughs> so, well, thank you very, very much, Philippe. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I've oh. kept you... Uh, a lot here. I know oh, that no. you've you've my been pleasure. very. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. You very patiently answered all of my questions. <laughs> and and uh, you listened to them. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure. So, uh, as I said, I will be talking about the game uh, later once I play it, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure it uh, it will be an important game, and I would encourage people to check it out on on Steam and to follow you on. Uh, you know, online. Uh, well, online, not in not in person. That'd be creepy. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Thank you very, very much, Philippe, and we will definitely uh, keep keep in touch. Certainly. Thank you so much, Georgia. So that was my interview with Felipe F. Thomas. I hope you enjoyed it, and a huge, huge thank you to Felipe for speaking to me. I had a great time speaking to him. And it was wonderful listening to him about his game and how passionate he was. So I wish him all the success and all the best with the game. It will be out on July 13th on Steam. And you can find the link to the game in the show notes where you can wishlist or where you can buy the game if you're listening to this after July 13th. And next week, I will be reviewing that game Into a Dream along with Thomas and Laura. We will also be reviewing um, Desperados 3. We'll be reviewing The Last of Us Part 2. It's a non-spoiler review there. And hopefully other games as well that we've been playing. And in case you missed it as well, this month we were also celebrating the 30-year anniversary of Revolution Software. So I was lucky enough to speak to Tony Warner, Charles Cecil, Steve Ince and Rolf Saxon. And you can see that interview on our YouTube channel as well. 
So the links again will be in the show notes. And so uh, you can also check out my review of Beyond Steel Sky. So um, plenty more ahead for this year as well. So until next week then, take care everyone. Goodbye. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you